Have you ever thought about how our world is being shaped? Where are we headed and what might we leave behind? You're listening to Nextcasts, presented by Swissnext San Francisco, where we examine the forces shaping our emergent future through conversations with scientists, entrepreneurs, artists, and designers. We kicked off the start of the new decade at CES in Las Vegas. It's the world's leading gathering place for all those who thrive on the business of consumer technologies. It has also served as the proving ground for innovators for over 50 years. During CES, we recorded interviews live on stage at the Swiss Tech Pavilion, which showcased leading technologies from Swiss startups and was presented in partnership with PRS, Switzerland Global Enterprise, Digital Switzerland and Swissnex. Our CEO, Joya Deutscher, is a special guest host of these coming episodes. And here we are, live from the stage at CES with our first two guests. My name is Martin Vetterli, president of École Polytechnique Fédérale de Lausanne. My name is Joël Mezzo, I'm the president of uh, ETH Zurich, École Polytechnique Fédérale de Zurich. So innovation is becoming a more and more global dispersed phenomenon. What do you think is the role of a conference like CES and what do you hope to get out of it? So CES is, you know, both a networking event and a place where people show their latest innovations. So it's a great place to see what's happening in the consumer electronic space. That's one reason to be here. The other one is, of course, uh, Switzerland is present here with a very nice pavilion and a number of startups. And I think it's nice to be part of this ecosystem. Yes, of course, one reason is to know what happens worldwide. And this is all concentrated on one place. So this is very efficient. And the other, as you said, Martin, is to, to show what we do in Switzerland because it's not everywhere well known that Switzerland is more than just chocolate and uh, watches. We are a high-tech country and we want to demonstrate this. And the two EPF, of course, are very strong in this field. In many ways, CES provides a window into the future that's ahead of us. What have you seen at CES that has most impressed you? And, and maybe are there any things that did not impress you or that you think are missing here? So what's always impressive, of course, is the speed at which the consumer electronics business is advancing. A lot of it is also, I would say, maybe not necessary for the survival of humanity, if I can put it that way. And so what I may be missing is the concern about the broader issues, uh, the broader issues which have also to do with the cyberspace, not only security, but fake news, social networks being misused, etc. I find very little about this, very little debate about these issues, that's one. The other one, which is totally obvious, is that um, global warming is probably the bigger threat to humanity than you know the speed of the latest microprocessor, and we don't hear much about this either, even though technology will be absolutely central in addressing these issues for humanity. Yes, I would say the same. What impressed me is uh, to see how this, you know, we are speaking since many years about Internet of Things, and here you see what's happening, and uh, it's everywhere, even uh, 
debugging our video system so that we can not be recorded correctly <laughs> now. And, and uh, so, but this, but of course, as Ma Martin said, apparently what happened last year, you know, worldwide, the youth movements hasn't had an impact yet on this conference. And, uh, but maybe it's also because the setting up of such a conference takes months. So I hope it will be more present next year. Yeah, I, I actually fully agree. And I think here at CES, we really can see firsthand how quickly the pace of technology development is accelerating and how it is accelerating and changing uh, the way we do everything pretty much. So now taking it back to your roles as president uh, of universities of, that are in charge of, of training students and, and, and getting them ready for, for the professional, their professional careers, how do you make sure your students are ready for this ever-changing world? And how do you make sure that they have, they understand also the principles around what they will be producing and creating in the future, how that will impact other people? So I, I, I think our students are very well prepared for this because we teach, and it's not new, we teach our students to learn fast, to be adaptive, and uh, if you think about it, research is all about this. My worry is more for those who are not directly related to these technologies, that, that are not working on these technologies, that we don't split the society. And so we need, we need also to take care about, uh, about uh, the broader population. And this we want to do by having more uh, continuous education for everyone. So I think at both our schools we have set up new programs. In the past years we have uh, doubled the number of uh, continuous education courses that we offer and, and we will continue to increase that. So uh, it's important to have everyone on board. So Martin, adapting that question um, a little bit to the case of EPFL specifically, I know that in the past the idea of MOOCs, massive open online courses, was very much a strategic priority for EPFL to reach students around the world, um, those populations that might not have the same level of access to high quality education. Um, how do you see that going forward? Is that still something you're looking at or are there other strategies that you currently put in place? First, let me answer the first question still. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, to pick up where, uh, or to uh, go along the lines of what Joel said, I think our students are well prepared for the technological changes. We are, after all, an institute of technology. You know, people have basic education in all the key components of what we see here. I think where we can do more is to educate them with a sense of responsibility of these technologies and their impact in the wider world. That is something we traditionally haven't done necessarily enough, and I think we have to boost this, and we take steps in that direction. On the continuous education and uh, presence of online courses, uh, this is something where we have invested a lot, and we will continue to be very active. Also, because it influences the way we teach on campus, we learn from teaching online how to adapt courses on campus, that's one thing. And the other one is on continuing education, we have a specific program 
which is much smaller than the MOOCs, uh, which is the extension school, which is specifically geared to give certificates to people on key technologies and uh, using actually personalized coaches for the people to really be able to follow a continuous education at the best possible level. Interesting, yeah. Let me actually follow up on this. So I think it is not a secret that in Switzerland we live in a bit of a microcosm and uh, especially with your two institutions which are truly leading institutions, um, that microcosm in some ways becomes even smaller. So how do you personally actually, how important do you find it? Um, and both of you have spent quite a bit of time abroad actually outside of Switzerland. How important do you find it? To, for, to expose students to different environments and what do your institutions do to promote that and to what do you put in place for those students to become well-versed international global citizens? First of all, we, have, we are very international universities. We are among the most international universities in the world. So, per essence, our students are confronted to other cultures this is one point. Second, what we have installed are students' programs that go through different departments. You know, we have 16 departments at ETH, and uh, we have the Students' Week, for example, of where 200 students from different grades, all departments, tackle a special problem. Last year, it was about mobility, and this year, it will be uh, in the medical field, and they they raise their own challenge and they, during, they try to solve this challenge that they have posed themselves. That's one side. The other side is we go more and more towards having uh, maybe six months to one year spent with industry. And that's, I think it's, it's important for the student to be confronted to the industry world also. That will help them to make the step once they have finished. And of course, we encourage them also to go abroad. So we have many programs. Uh, we are here uh, after the conference. I go to to Las Vegas, where visit. I will be visiting NASA, uh, Los Angeles, where I will be visiting uh, NASA in Pasadena, where we have collaborations for the Mars missions, for example. And we have students there. Uh, this is just one example of, of many others. So, there are many tools to, to have our students confronted to other environments. So, yeah, to elaborate in the same direction, uh, our universities are very international. That's a very good exposure, for example, for Swiss students to be in classrooms with people from all over the world. Then we have uh, internship programs, for example, in industry or doing the master's project at the other university or in, in companies. Again, exposure to the real world. And then a lot of our students do exchange programs along the studies, right? The Erasmus program in Europe or, you know, going, uh, you know, going to the US. Maybe one point, we should not forget that um, we have also master, joint master programs between EPFL and ETH where um, those participating are forced to spend at least a semester in the other school. Exposure international is important, but between EPFL, French part of Switzerland and the Swiss German part of Switzerland is important as well. 
Okay, so let me zoom out a little bit again, somewhere halfway between the global and the local. Um, Switzerland, uh, as we know, has basically been uh, leading several innovation indexes for a while. What do you think is the role of your specific institutions and what do you do specifically to help Switzerland stay uh, really a top-ranked innovation nation and what is it that you think is the role of industry as well and how do you collaborate with it? So I think it's part of our mission to help Swiss industry to be very competitive and I think the osmosis between our schools and Swiss industry is, is quite good, uh, probably better than in many other countries that I can think of. We can still do better, and this is something we are working on. We have you know, programs where we put several companies together, also together between the two schools. For example, the food initiative that is also described here, um, where you know, by really putting all the people around the table, I think we are helping each other to work on relevant problems that will keep Switzerland be, to be very competitive and innovative. Maybe if I can add, I think it's in the DNA of both schools to work tightly with uh, industry, Swiss industry. I mean, this is, I believe, why Switzerland has become a high-tech country. And it's not only in the past 10 or 20 years, it's something that goes back to 150 years since the creation of modern Switzerland and the creation of ETH, uh, that we had, uh, you know, our engineers involved in building all the infra infrastructures in Switzerland. And we have to continue this tradition. And we do that, and what we changed a little bit in the past years is to have our students exposed very quickly uh, to industry, as I mentioned, but also to the world of startups. So we have put different tools, even first-year students who have an ID can start to think about your creating a startup. And, uh, and uh, I think the expectations from the students has changed very much. You know, before, when you finished ETH, maybe you wanted to work in one of the big Swiss companies, that has changed. Now you want to create your startup. So having this kind of success will create some more of this kind of expectations. Great, yes. So I think that is a good way to finish since we're here at CES, surrounded by startups and technology. And uh, I just want to thank you both for uh, making yourselves available for this interview. Thank you.